1: This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield.
2: Hello, everyone, and welcome along to the Liverpool Echo's Blood Red podcast with me, your host, Patrick Smith. As has been the trend this season, the smatterings of positivity across this week have been cancelled out by some negatives. If anything, proof that karma is well and alive on Merseyside. We've got plenty to discuss from the Reds' training ground, as well as a preview of this weekend's trip to Wolves. And we've got the perfect panel to bring you the latest Liverpool FC news and topics. Well, at first as ever, we've got our chief LFC writer, Ian Doyle. Doyley, are you looking forward to spending yet another half an hour talking about Wolves once again? No. Yeah, short, sweet to the point. It's possibly the third... Out of four meetings with them this season, so we'd better get used to it, hadn't we? We're also joined by Theo Squires. Theo, the last time we played together, I felt awful because I missed your Jude Bellingham Beatles pun. So this week, let's come together and see how many you can get in the park.
3: I wouldn't bank on me getting many in. My, my music knowledge is rather limited, as Doily can vouch for.
0: I can, this is, I can confirm this. I can, <laughs> the fact
2: that he even knew the Beatles was his progress but Theo, let's be honest. <laughs> Thorley, we'll swing to you then for the Beatles puns. But also rounding off our panel, we've got our women's football expert and someone who's truly now a part of the Blood Red Furniture in Beth, Linda.
1: Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
2: Pleasure as always. Right, well, let's get cracking then, everyone. We're going to start with the positives I always like to do. It's a Friday after all. we will come to you. Um, The best news of the week for Liverpool is the return of Virgil van Dijk and Roberto Firmino to outside training. What can you tell us about this and how important could this be for Liverpool's season? Well, they've gone outside. That's about as far as they got so far. That's,
0: <laughs> so, I suppose, in a way, they're not just like stuck inside, they've been allowed out to play a little bit. Um, now, Klopp said at his press conference today that he expects Van Dyke to be in bits of training next week, which suggests he's not going to be playing against Everton, not playing against Wolves. Uh, Newcastle could be an outside bet, and of course, they're looking to head towards that first leg against Real Madrid. Uh, in terms of Firmino, I think it's much the same, isn't it? I'm pretty sure he didn't say that he was going to be back training next week. I think Theo can, can vouch for that. I don't remember Klopp mentioning Firmino being back next week or anything like that. Jota is, though, isn't he? Jota's going to be back training yeah, next week. Yeah, Jota's the one
3: in full yeah, training. He did a,
0: week. He did a, yeah, he did one day, I think, this week, and he said that he had another day of rehab after it wasn't like a major concern. It was all part of his return programme. So, yeah, one or two injuries coming back, the positive news. But, you know, I'm a major game to meet for us to talk about positivity, to be honest, Pat. Come on. Alan. we have been doing this podcast? Come on. Um, but uh, obviously, Canalti's injured. Don't want to, you know, burst your bubble if you're going to ask about that in a bit. But, you know, we can't not talk about that. You know, uh, after the Brighton game, Klopp said that uh, he complained a little bit about uh, an injury and he thought, well, it's nothing much. So, the, as ever with Liverpool's injuries this season, he do a scan and he's out for three weeks, a muscle injury, but we do know that it's a hamstring problem. So, it's not great, is it? Liverpool have already not got, as I said, Van Dijk, no no, Canality's out and we'll touch on it in a bit, I'm sure, about the, the, you know, poor old Nat Phillips, he's never going to leave the club. So, um, Theo can talk about that. Uh, So, yeah, in terms of positivity, it's good that there are some people on the way back, but the reality is for the Wolves game, they're not going to be there.
2: Yeah, I mean, the point you make there about Van Dijk and Firmino being stuck in a room, maybe it's Nat Phillips' little cage that he's being sent back to now because he clearly can't escape Liverpool, <laughs> can he? I mean, Theo, you mentioned there, though, that um, Diogo Giotto is going to come back next week. That's another huge boost for Liverpool as well, isn't it? They really need some energy in that front line, I feel, don't they?
3: Yeah, it is a big boost, but at the same time, they've got to tread carefully with Diogo Giotto just to get some negativity back on this podcast. Because he saw him come back from the international break in the summer with an injury, and I think he had a setback, didn't he? Um, in the early weeks of preseason, wasn't really himself when he did get playing again. Then he was maybe just about to get his rhythm, and he suffered another setback. Um, we've seen with Diaz; he's just about to come back from his knee injury. Then, oh wait, it's still not right. He has to undergo surgery. These are long-term layoffs. It's not a case of oh, Jota's. Done two days of team training. We can start them against Everton, Manchester United, Real Madrid, Newcastle, back to back to back. Uh, Liverpool are going to have to tread carefully with these players, but it gives a boost, doesn't it? Like fans and the squad themselves and the manager will have a smile on their faces seeing them back on the grass, seeing them take in part again. And you just hope that it can have a this positive impact on the squad and maybe get some fresh legs, get some life into it, and rescue the season. But it has been a disastrous season so far. And when you look at how long they've been out for, it's no surprise that they have been down to the bare bones and struggling.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's nice to have some positivity and that's how I wanted to start. it. But everything seems to be outweighed by a negative, doesn't it? I mean, Beth, I'm going to give you the last positive to talk about, shall we say, from this week. Or Quartz press conference today, hinting at a return from Luis Diaz in the near future. I mean, he's going to be another huge boost of Liverpool down the left side, isn't he?
1: He is. I mean, again, not to be too negative, but it's It's like like Theo said, both him and Jota have had such long layoffs that, you know, it's it's not fair to expect them to, to come back and, and be fit and firing as they were sort of pre-injury. But I think, you know, if, if Luis Diaz gets to, you know, 70% of, of what he was doing last season, then he'll be, be a huge asset for Liverpool going into sort of the business end of, of the season. You know, certainly he can be back for that tie with Real Madrid and Hopefully we'll get through that to the to the quarterfinals and the semi-finals as well. You know he's a, he's a player of the clock will will be itching to have back in his side.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's that run of games, isn't there? I think they play both Manchester teams, the derbies in the the Real Madrid fixtures. It's going to be a big old month towards the end of February, middle of March. It's going to be a really heavy period. So hopefully Jota and Diaz are back fit and firing. I mean, Doyle, you're going to love this because that's all the positivity gone. Let's get some negativity in the podcast, shall we? Ibrahim Canate. Picked up an injury this week. I mean, it really is one in, one out in the injury room at the moment, isn't it? Terrible news for Liverpool once again.
0: Yeah, it's terrible news. But, you know, I've hinted at it before. It's not a surprise, really. He's hardly played this season, has he? Can I, I think he's played nine games, I think it is, out of 31. So, they have have to do without him for the most part, which has probably contributed to the fact why they've not been great defensively. But it's not just down to him not being there. There's other factors. And, uh, yeah, with Van Dijk already being out, you've seen Joe Gomez, his form. Hasn't been particularly consistent, should we say. He's, he's normally like one good game, one iffy game, one bad game. So I'm not sure what you'd have you describe his game against Brighton in the last game. He had a good game against Wolves away in the FA Cup. Yeah, and then he uh, it was a bit iffy against Brighton, I think. So I don't know what he's due now. I mean, we'll, we'll soon find out. But yeah, Matip as well. and Matip, he... Matt actually lost his place, didn't he, in the team when Canati came back? Because Matty had, had a bit of a shocker at Brighton away, actually. He's not He hasn't been seen since then. But the pair of them are going to have to get together and sort it out centre-back. And even though they've been together as teammates for, I think, it's nearly seven years now, I think they've only played something, or started four or five games as the centre-back pairing. Because, obviously, Van Dijk was normally there. Canati's been there before then. It was, Lovren was there. And we all know about Gomez and Matty being their long-term injury problems that they've had to overcome. So, going to be slightly unusual, although you think that they, they know each other's game, having played, you know, been on the training pitch for so long together. So, not a massive concern. But yeah, you mentioned that Phillips, didn't you? I mean, we were led to believe that he there was some interest in him and during January, and that's why they brought Reese Williams back on loan from his his loan spell, part of the reason why they brought him back from uh, from uh, Blackpool. And now there's the chance it only takes, you know, Matip or Gomez, as we just mentioned. Then they're they're often susceptible to injury to get an injury and then that Phillips is going to be in the team and then we're only one one injury away from it being 2021 20, again and, and even Williams trying to get Liverpool over the line in the uh, getting through to the Champions League you or know, qualifying for the Champions League so I mean that's a bit that's a bit far off but yeah Canati being injured you can just imagine Klopp would have just found that out and just went oh not another one you know of all the things he has to you know has to cope with so that's the manager's lot and that's a player's lot they just have to Get on with it. They can't go moaning about it. And if there's, you know, if there's one team that now should be used to disruption of, from injuries, it's, it's Liverpool.
2: Yeah, I mean, as much adoration as I have for that fabled centre-back partnership from 2021 of Phillips and Williams, God, please, we don't want that again because the top four will definitely be out of Liverpool's reach. But I mean, Theo, you know, Virgil van Dijk is just coming back from injury. I don't want to drop any team selector hints because we'll come on to our teams later on the show. But would you sort of be tempted to throw Virgil straight back in due to the lack of numbers there and the half, or would you be much more cautious and not risk
3: him? Um, it depends which game we're talking for, really, because like, it's not going to be ready this weekend. Um, Real Madrid's the one you look to get him back for, isn't it? You've got to be careful with him, and I know the Premier League games that some big ones coming up. But realistically, Liverpool aren't going to finish in the top four. Your best chance is winning the Champions League, and even though that's a big ask, we know what Liverpool are like in Europe and. Anything can happen in knockout football. So it's basically get through to that first leg. And if Virgil van Dijk is fit enough to start that game, brilliant. And you just hope that everyone else is fully fit beforehand and you don't need to really risk him sooner. Maybe we'll see him against Newcastle. We'll see. But it's one where they've got to be careful again with Virgil van Dijk because he's played played a lot of football since he came back from that ACL injury. He had the World Cup mid-season as well. He's getting a bit older. He's not reached the same heights he has a few years ago before the injury. He could be someone you accuse of maybe starting to not be horribly on the decline, but body catching up with him a little bit. And then it's telling, I think, this season that what we'd say is Liverpool's first choice back for the one that started the Champions League final last season. I think they've only started one game together this season. So, as Doyle alluded to, no wonder the defence has been a, a bit of a mess this season. And that's even without mentioning the midfield in front of it, offering not much protection. But it's a bit too soon, I think, to say uh, we'll throw them back in because they, they need to get through some team sessions first. Like it sounded like from today, Diogo Odrota is going to be the first one back. He's the one who's already done a team session, whereas Van Dijk and Firmino, was just outside, they're maybe, what, a week or two further back. Diaz, I don't think we're going to see him until March, so you'd be really surprised if you're seeing him in the first leg against Real Madrid. Maybe he can be back for the second one. But then last year's finals got to act as a warning for Liverpool as well because they they rushed Fabinho back from injury. They rushed Thiago back from injury. Salah was uh, bandaged up. Van Dijk was bandaged up. And Liverpool weren't really able to put on a true showing of what we'd seen all season long on the biggest occasion of all. It's one thing getting your star players back, but if they're only playing 50%, you've got to weigh that up against having someone who's fully fit just on this horrible situation at the moment when only pretty much Stefan uh, Bocetic is actually playing well. Everyone else has been below par, so so just make the best of it and there's not really much they can do with it at the moment.
1: The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.
3: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help.
2: Yeah, it is pretty bleak times, isn't it? I mean, Beth's suggestion there. Theo mentioned the name Fabinho. Now, Fabinho's had a terrible season in midfield. We've seen him play at centre-half on occasion in the past. I mean, could that be a possible avenue for him to go down? You know, he's lost a bit of pace, perhaps that speed and reaction you need in midfield. Could he maybe do a job at centre-half or do you think that slip was definitely sailed for him?
1: Oh, I really hope not. Um, I really hope it doesn't come to that. I mean, I'd, you know, I'd much rather see Nat Phillips giving the nods at the back um, ahead of Fabinho and potentially even Reese Williams with the, with the form that Fabinho has been in. I think, you know, with Fab, it, his pace has never been his, his biggest asset, has it? It's always been his ability to read the game and, and be sort of one step ahead. And that's why he's been so, you know, he's been so good in that deep playing role in midfield. And I think he's lost that. He's, this season certainly, you know, he, he doesn't seem to be he seems to be like one pace behind. We saw that with that horrendous tackle against Brighton last week. So I would fear for him in, in, in a back line, especially one that's struggling for form. Um so I think, you know, if, if he is to sort of get back to his best, I would hope it will be a midfield and um yeah, I would wouldn't wouldn't be keen on seeing him in the back line anytime soon.
2: <laughs> no, I think we can all agree on that one. And don't worry, Dolly and Theo, I'm not going to bring up Fabinho's form again because I think we've hammered that one for everything it's worth on this podcast. It was interesting to see Klopp bring it up today when on his it and address it. But I thought it was also interesting that he addressed Mohamed Salah's form, Dolly. I mean, he said that there's no problem there. You know, the goals will come, what you'd expect from your manager. But Salah has had pretty quiet games recently, isn't he? Obviously not been in the goals and seemingly not having that much of an impact on the pitch, is he?
0: can't quite understand why he got asked because he got asked it last week so you know he answered it all last week and not much has changed since then i mean Salah did make quite a big impact against brighton because he did set up the goal for elliott so it's not as if he's not doing anything he he also, as well yeah exactly so he had that chance as well so you would be more worried if he's not doing anything at all but it's not just down to him is it it's, it's you know he's, he's he's a footballer who because he's playing up front, he's reliant on those people behind him to at least get the ball anywhere near him, otherwise just to go off looking for it, and then you know what it's like, once players start leaving the position and going off looking for the ball, often the teammates then try to find them in the position where they should be, and then go, well, what are you doing over there? So, you know, that that that's kind of what, he, you know, the, the catch-22 situations is in at the moment, because the rest of the team isn't quite functioning, if you look at the forward line, I mean, I don't know how many different forward combinations he's, he's lined up, you know, started a game with, but he ended the, the game against uh, Brighton with Gakpo down the middle, him on the right and Nunez on the left, which was a bit odd, to be honest. I don't understand why Nunez went down the middle, but, you know, Gakpo, they're trying to integrate him into the team. Nunez has started less than half the games, which I think people don't quite realise, you know, and he still managed to score. I mean, is it 10, 9, 10? It's, it's 10, is it's double figures, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so he's... Um, yeah, for Salah, I'm not particularly worried because you'd be more worried if it was going on forever. He still scored 17 goals this season. Still scored 17 goals. Where would Liverpool be without those 17 goals? I mean, Marcus Rashford. Jurgen Klopp mentioned him in his press conference where he spoke about how Liverpool's underperforming players can't start feeling sorry for themselves because you can always turn your you know your season around. Or, or and he used Rashford as a great example. Last year, he scored five goals, I think, or sorry, eight goals in thirty-two games, something like that. And now he's got eighteen in uh, in thirty-one already. So it's just and then he also obviously then mentioned it's not just down to the individual, it can be down to the team as well. So basically explaining without even talking about Salah, the reason why Salah is perhaps not quite as effective as he as he has been in recent years. But he still scored 17 goals and had an assist in the last game. So you know that just kind of shows you the kind of levels that he's been operating at for a number of years. So uh, I wouldn't have too many concerns about him, now. I,
1: players...
0: with... oh,
1: yeah, I, I think the thing with Salah as well is we, we've sort of seen it before, even last season, you know, Liverpool were fighting on four fronts and, you know, he was in frightening form the first half of the season. And then he did tail off and he went through a patch where he wasn't scoring week in, week out. And even sort of going back to that 18-19 season when, as well, he, he was in fantastic form and then, I think it was a bit of a dip. There was quite a few games he went without a goal, and he had that one against Southampton where he just he went and you know took his shirt off, and the celebrations were were wild well because he'd been sort of anticipating getting that that Premier League goal after after a while. So we've we've seen it with Salah before, and I, I don't think I think that's why maybe Klopp isn't too concerned because we know all attacking players go through these dips in form, and you know you would hope when the, the team starts clicking and playing more cohesively that that those goals will start to come again.
3: With Salah as well, it's interesting when you look at how his goals are broken up because 7 in 19 in the Premier League, I think that's where the concerns come in because he just doesn't look like he's going to score many goals in the Premier League. And you put that up against Haaland, breaking records left, right, and centre. But he's got 7 and 6 in the Champions League. I think he's joint leading goal scorer in Europe this season with maybe Mbappe. So that's one where, well, maybe just save your best for the Champions League. No, let's go and knock Real Madrid out, have a heroic European run. And all is fine. It's just Liverpool are struggling domestically. He, we talk about, or Klopp talked about today, having to change the centre-back pairing so often this season. And we've seen so many different midfield combinations. But it feels like the front three is changing so much as well. Whether it's um, Diaz and Jota before they got injured, or Firmino. Whether he's the central. Nunes now is the left winger, or is he the central striker? Gapo trying to find his feet. It's been said before, it's already said. Klopp's been asked this question two or three times in the past couple of weeks. Well, he went from having Marne and Firmino, he was playing with week after week, and then Giotto, who he could still get some sort of relationship with, and then Diaz, and it was gradual. But this season, it's just all changed at once. Go and find your feet with two completely new strikers, and Nunes plays very differently to how Firmino would. No wonder it's not quite clicking. When he's getting that bit older as well, and you're looking at now pretty much all the Liverpool players over the age of 30 going, is this bad form or are you just after four or five years of superb brilliance on the pitch, winning trophies left, right and centre, are you starting to slow down now? Salah, I know there was the confidence that he can keep on for many, many years and be like the Ronaldo's, Messi's, the Ibrahimovic's right into his late 30s, but he needs the rest of the team to click alongside him. We've not seen that this season.
2: Yeah, couldn't agree more. I mean, when those personnel do come back in, Jota and Diaz, I've been mean, a 30-goal season, surely, is on the cards from Mohamed Salah. I think it's not only that they're better players, but the way they play as well. Nunes sort of, you know, creates chances for himself. He's not selfish in a sense, but you're more likely to have chances create for Salah when you've got Jota and Diaz on the pitch. But we'll leave that one there anyway. Beth, we're going to come to you as our Merseyside women's football expert. A little quick bit on Liverpool's fixture this weekend. They're taking on Reading. Bit of a big clash at the bottom
1: of the WSL, is it a bit of a six-pointer, do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean it's been a tough couple of weeks for Liverpool because before Christmas they were they were starting to really gain a bit of momentum. They picked up some points on the roads and they had a, a brilliant win over West Ham and I think at that point they were eight points clear of Leicester who were at the bottom of the league and in the, the sole relegation place. So you sort of felt they were going into to Christmas in a really good position and then they've had this prolonged winter break and a pretty torrid time since they, since they came back then. They, they had that 6-0 maul in at Manchester United and um, then that horrendous afternoon at Chelsea where the game was abandoned after six minutes and then they've, they've had a couple of injury setbacks too. So yeah, this is a massive, massive game. I think Reddin are currently a point behind them, um, albeit they've played two games more than Liverpool. So I think even if Liverpool don't win this weekend, you know, there is still a chance to make up that ground and, and Leicester still have plenty of work to do. But but they have won a game, which they hadn't done before Christmas. So they're now only five points behind Liverpool and they're to come for Liverpool next week. So you think if Liverpool don't actually get get something from this game on Sunday, then that game against Leicester next weekend becomes absolutely huge. So, yeah, hopefully it will be, a, it'll be a, an improved display from the performance against Manchester United and, and sort of a, a bit more like the, the West Ham game, which was the last home game before Christmas.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty promising start to the campaign, wasn't it? But the form has slipped. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think only one team goes down from the WSL, don't they? So Liverpool should be safe with Leicester seemingly playing terribly. I mean, do you think Liverpool are now in a relegation battle or could they push perhaps to get higher up the table? Or do you think that ship has definitely sailed on that one?
1: No, I think they definitely are in a relegation battle. I think Matt Beard has been quite upfront about that, especially after that United game. I think, you know, it, it is, I suppose, as you said, the one positive... Is that only one side goes down, and I think at the minute, you know, on the balance of the whole season, you would say Leicester is still favourites despite them picking up a win against Brighton the other week. They are still favourites to go down, and um, Brighton and Reading have struggled too. So, I do think Liverpool will be safe. I can't say that with the confidence that I maybe would have said it before Christmas because you know it's so unpredictable, and and those sides near the bottom, one week they can have a you know, an absolute horror show, and then the next they go and get a really positive result. So it's hard to hard to predict, really. But um, I think they will be saved. But definitely, I think the priority, and, and as I said, Matt Beard has been quite honest about this, is staying up this season. And I think, you know, providing that that's the case, then, um, you know, Liverpool will have to be happy with that.
2: Yeah, big couple of weeks then for Liverpool in the WSL. Hopefully they can get those two wins and secure their safety as such. I don't want to say that, but hopefully they can
1: the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo
2: anyway let's move back then to the men's team shall we doyle you've got another trip to molyny i'm sure you're delighted to be heading down to wolverhampton once again i mean in the last game there were two absolute screamers she's all about the one on the pitch from harvey elliott a lovely goal i don't think the other one needs to be spoken about as such no, you I, think you no I, want
0: you, I want you to discuss it. I want you—you you brought it up. Tell us about it. What is it? What, what what happened for the people who didn't hear it or see it? Because I was at the game. I don't know what you're talking
2: about. Come on. Oh, see, Dolly, you were there. I think you'd be in a perfect position to explain what happened. <laughs> I but I put, I didn't have the television, did I? No sound on. So, well, I think um, our listeners will definitely be aware. It was a interesting bit of coverage there, shall we say, on the BBC. Anyway, on the pitch, Dolly, Do you think it was? Oh, Steve's
3: fans. Pat. They don't have the BBC.
2: Wow. <laughs> well, it's worth your license fee for that alone. I think everyone. get it done, get that sent in. <laughs> if anything's going to earn it. <laughs> but Doyle, um, totally, I mean, it was a pretty decent display from Liverpool there last time, albeit a relatively changed side from both sides. I mean, can we expect the same in the league, or do you think it'd be a much tougher test?
0: Can I just say that the unflappable there from Patrick? He just he just ploughed on regardless. He just completely straight back, Bobby, straight back. To, so did she he's a True professional, and he. he... He might get a proper job soon. Let's hope so. Certainly in broadcasting. Um, anyway, yes, Harvey Elliott's goal was very good. Probably his best ever performance that he's had for Liverpool. Um, the game itself was... I can't remember anything about the game other than the goal. That's how good it was. Because going to Wolves is good, though, because the food there is good in the press room. So we're quite good about that. And obviously the lights went out. That was it. The lights went out early in the game. And they've been going off. And... Um, they went off twice in the press room before, and we just thought, oh, someone's someone's not the light switch or whatever happened. But it turned out obviously there was a big power cut that was going on in a uh, going on in Wolverhampton. So I'm rather hoping that doesn't. I, I just don't want to be there for any more times. Thank you very much. Not this season anyway. And then, well, let's be honest, Wolves might get relegated. So yeah, at that Wolves are in such a tricky position. to Suggest this is a game where Liverpool's away form hasn't been very good this season in the Premier League, at least they won, they won at Tottenham and Villa. that's it last two away games at brighton and brentford absolutely atrocious so they do need to if they're going to finish anywhere near the top four or even challenge for it because of what i've said this a few times now there are 10 games 10 premier league games at least 10 premier league games in april and may so we're still another two months off so in the next two months they only play something like eight or nine games and by the time they get to april jotter will have been back for about six weeks by all accounts And you'd like to think Diaz has been back for about a month. Gakpo would have had another two months to, to, you know, bed in. Admittedly, about 13 other players would probably be injured by that point. But you'll have these key players back by then. And so Liverpool just have to somehow just get through these next two months and find a way of doing it. Because the Champions League as well, they'll only play the two games against Real Madrid until April. I think that's right, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just, and they're out there, FA Cup. League Cup's finished anyway. So it is just about finding a way through these next, you know, seven or eight weeks, and Wolves, you've got to be going to Wolves and winning. You have to be winning here. Wolves have been struggling. They've got they made quite a few signs, I think, in January. I'm, I'm correct in saying almost all of them, probably Portuguese. Um, right. I wouldn't go that Port- far. Oh, really? If they're, they're actually branched out. Uh, Brazilian, One though, Portuguese. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> two <laughs>
3: Brazilians, two Englishmen, a Spaniard, and a Gabon international. Let me check that flag. So, yeah, Gabo.
0: Liverpool, and I've mentioned this in the previous league, historically, the a bit difficult whenever they play at Wolves. They really, got a last minute winner there last year. It's 1 0 in the Cup this year. And they won 1 0 2020 21, which was the start of their kind of comeback to try and finish when they ended up finishing third with Phillips and Williams, as we said, and the centre backs. Jota scored the winner that day, um, or evening. Uh, and I can't remember what happened before that. What happened before that? I can't remember. It's too long ago. But the that was the origi
3: being, was, one last
0: season, wasn't there it? Was a, well? there was, oh yeah, there was a two-one game as well, wasn't there? Was the? I mean, um, you know, scored a worldie yeah, yeah, title-winning yeah. 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 So they've always been close. Not expecting anything any difference. We know the way Wolves are going to play. We know that we know that they've got some decent players, but they've got a lot of players like Liverpool have been underperforming this season. So um, yeah, it's it'll all be down. It'd be interesting, actually, I know we'll do the team set in a minute, but if that Bulls FA Cup game was the first game with Bayhetic and Tiago and Cater, and they kind of stuck with that the last three games. It'd be interesting to see if they stick with it one more time. But they've got a bit of momentum behind them, and it I, it would be interesting to see how they do. haven't played three games together rather than just like they had not played any games together now, coming up against the same opposition.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's a must-win for both sides. Without wanting to use the cliche, but doing it. I mean, Theo. Aside from a win, what are you hoping to see though from Liverpool? I mean, there's been a few positives in the past few performances, but obviously they lost to Brighton, so you know, not that positive. What are you hoping to see against Wolves there on Saturday?
3: Just a, a bit of rhythm, something that actually resembles a team performance, I and mean, your forwards not looking lost, your defence not looking isolated, and a midfield that can actually run a little bit. Maybe just throw that in there as well. Alisson not being too busy. That would be nice, him having a quiet afternoon for once. But I do think it, it's a good time to be playing Wolves. Like they had a really good transfer window when you look at who they've brought in. like Kuna, on loan from Atletico Madrid. If he finds his feet quickly, gets him a few goals, that's a sign that could keep them up. Uh, they've got Craig Dawson, good Premier League mid-table centre-back, the sort of player you want in that sort of fight. Um Pablo Sarabia from PSG, good playmaker. Lamina, he's another one who knows that he's played in the Premier League before. They've got the uh, Brazilian lad as well, Gomez, didn't they? But this is six new signings. I think they've got another keeper in there somewhere as well. But six new signings who are only just starting to bed in with the new teammates. You may be just coming to terms with it playing under the new manager. If you were playing them in April or May, where they've had those extra two months, Wolves are a completely different outfit because they've maybe started to get that rhythm, that connection. But now it's you're needing them to make an instant impact to go on a, a bit of a run. And you're just hoping Liverpool can stop that before it's even started. They've got that mental boost of beating Wolves a couple of weeks ago. That was the first time we saw the midfield three, as we just said. You just want them to, or well, FA Cup, that's been and gone. Now this is when we can start again, just get a few league games in, in a row, getting a few good results. And just find some rhythm in the team. Like you want improved player um, performances from some players, but you don't want to be change, chopping and changing too much because that has hurt Liverpool so many times this season, where they haven't been able to find this consistency and rhythm. And now, when you're seeing players back from injury and Touchwood staying clear of injuries, you want those relationships to blossom and it's come together. I think Klopp said today that it was improved against Brighton. The only thing he wasn't happy with was the, the late winner, and they need to build on that again, as we've seen improved showings from. Gakpo in attack from Salah in attack more of the same please.
2: yeah I mean it's one of the things where you know you want to see the rhythm but then on the other hand there's going to be so many changes coming in the next month or so I mean there's so many players coming in and out of the injury room you know it's going to be really difficult for them to get said rhythm unfortunately but let's hope we can see something resembling that
1: the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo
2: We'll move on to our team selector. Going to be quite an interesting one. This apart from maybe the back four. Um, Beth, we'll come to you on this first. I mean, Alison Becker is going to be in goal. That's undoubtable. But who are you going to go for in the back four? Granted, options are pretty limited, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Well, I think obviously the the centre backs pick themselves. Got to be Gomez and, and Matip, unless Klopp's feeling a bit wild and throws uh, Nat Phillips in there. But yeah, no. I think I would go Gomez and Matip. And um, I know Trent obviously was hooked a bit early at, at, at Brighton, but I'd bring Trent in and, and Robertson as well.
2: Dolly, how about yourself? Hmm. Um, yeah. The same. Theo, so, yeah, I mean, let's make it a bit different. Is there a case for Nat Phillips? Let's say if Wolves hypothetically did start Diego Costa, would you give Nat a game or are you going to go the same back four?
3: No, hopefully. Nat from the start. If you're not going to be starting him in the cup games, you're not going to start him in the Premier League ones. Uh, I don't think Diego Costa is even anywhere near first choice for Wolves these days. Now is he? I'm sure they've got a, a few of ahead of him. Uh, it, it's got to be the, the same back five. The only one you could really make a claim for is maybe James Milner, but then pff, Wolves have got pace out wide. Stick with Trent. Just hope he can find a bit of form.
2: We'll stay with you then, Theo. If you want to talk through your midfield,
3: Bussetti, um, Tiago, and one other. I think there is an argument at some point for James Milner to come into midfield because he has been playing really well when he is selected at right back. But for this occasion, I'll stick with Navigator.
2: Beth, anything different?
1: No, I think sort of Liverpool's best hope at the moment is to try and get a bit of momentum. And I think, you know, with those those three having played a few games together now, it's probably best to continue with it. So, yeah, I'd, I'd stick with that.
2: Dolly, no, well, are you going to make it three from three? And if so, talk us on to your attack as well. No, I'm not.
0: Um so having talked up the you know the, the need for momentum and consistency and not playing Bashketic. Um i play Fabinho. I think um he's had three games out. But he should really have another three games out, to be honest, after nearly taking Evan Ferguson's leg off. Not entirely sure he wasn't sent off for that. I think even he probably thinks that as well, judging from his reaction when he made the tackle. Uh terrible cameo, wasn't it? He'd already given the ball away. He literally been on the pitch for about 60 seconds and nearly created a nearly created a chance for Brighton from the edge of the Brighton area by losing the ball. It's like he's a defensive midfielder for a start. What is he doing there? And then oh, anyway, don't get me started. But the point being, I do think that if there's now now probably his time as good as any to get him in there. I think he should be playing. I think it's he's had his little you know wrap on the knuckles as it were. Um, so and you can't just rely on Basquetich. He can't. He's literally played about, he started one Premier League game his entire career. One and that was last week. No, he, he clean did, sheet, though. He did get a clean sheet, but that was partly due to the fact that Chelsea, that new guy, just didn't understand where the goal was and he kept this into the side netting. Um yeah, I do think yeah. Play Fabinho, I play Tiago, and as the I'm gonna play Curtis Jones now, because if you take him out, he can run around. Fabinho, just just say to Fabinho, just stay there, stay there and protect the back. Just stay there. Do not go anywhere else. Don't try and do this thing where because you scored some goals last January, you have to go up front to try and score some goals. Don't. Stay back there. Let Jones do a lot of the running. And he's, Jones, what is sometimes regarded as a criticism, certainly when Liverpool like to play counter-attack, is that he keeps hold of the ball for too long. But actually, that can be a strength in a game like this, where Liverpool have just lately just been giving it away, straight away, just like belting it straight to the opposition. He can hold on to it for a bit. And I think that can bring other people into the game. And I think Thiago could benefit from that as well. So playing those three midfield up front. sal has got to play, so he's on the right. They've got to play Nunes down the middle. He's got to come back in and play. And then it's between, it's between and you know what? I actually, I'm going to stick with Elliot on the left. I'm going to stick with Elliot on the left because I think it's not his best position, but he showed against Brighton. He put in a massive stint, put in a lot of hard work. And when he went off, I know he scored, but when he went off, they didn't half miss it. In terms of this, this, what he brought the team, I don't necessarily think playing, bringing Nunes on, on the left in that game in that game particularly worked. And Gakpo's had four games, hasn't he? It's still very early days for him. It's easy just to, you know just say to him, come on, just take him out, and he could be one of the first subs along with Milner because I think Milner feels right. I think Milner, he's always you know he comes in with a lot of stick because he's nearly as old as I am, but he's not got pace, but. I saw against Brighton. He actually did he probably dealt with a little bit better with the with the winger than Trent did and Trent's way faster than Milner is. It's all about positioning and you know knowing where you need to be and being disciplined. So
2: And when yeah. to foul someone.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. Well that, that, that's the kind of thing that Liverpool should be better at doing. Fouling people. Fouling is part of the game. I've had this conversation with my dad so many times and he says, Oh, it's not part of the game. I'm like, Well, yeah, it is. He says, Well, people yeah. should get penalized for it. It's like, well, yeah, they do. It's called a free kick. Or a yellow card or a red card or in fabinho's case a yellow card so i do think that uh, yeah liverpool have got to get a bit wiser and i think they could use the experience of milner getting get him off the bench if things are going well
2: second half yeah i mean i like the sharp jones in midfield, and elliot could have a shout on the left wing i mean theo what are you gonna do with your attack uh
3: salah stays in because salah always stays in i'd agree Nunes down the middle. I prefer him down the middle. was one thing playing him on the left before um, Christmas, before the World Cup. But that was through necessity with injuries. But they had Firmino down the middle. But I'd stick with Gakpo, but I want him on the left. Like It's his favoured position. I know they're seemingly trying to um, have him as this Firmino successor and get him to be this deeper player can link up. And we're starting to see the early signs of that against Brighton last week. But he is a player who prefers to play on the left. He was at his best for PSV on the left. He was at his best for the Netherlands on the left. It's all very well playing the long game as a a Firmino successor, but you still got Jota in there. you still got Nunes in there. Focus on the now. Put players in their best positions. Get the results and see how high up the table you can get from it. We saw it when Liverpool had to put Phillips and Williams at centre-back. Putting actual defenders at centre-back was what made their season uh, in 2021, rather than having the midfielders there put your forwards in their favourite positions and hope that it clicks.
2: Yeah, I mean, very, very valid point. Beth, you'll round off our team selector and you've got the casting vote, it seems between Harvey Elliott and Cody Gakpo. Who are you going to go for?
1: I might be really controversial as, as the other two are so adamant that Salah has to start. And there's part of me that thinks Salah does have to start, but equally on his recent form, you could argue, maybe not. Um, so I'm going to put Nunes through the middle, definitely. Gakpo on the left. You Know what, just just to, just to spice up the afternoon, I'm going to say let's bench Salah and bring Elliot in on the right and then bring Salah on at half time if it's not going well. Because that was where, you know, I think if, if there's any game Harvey Elliot can go into with a bit of confidence after his showing at Wolves on the right a few weeks ago, it's probably this one. So I'm going to mix it up and do that and then, yeah, bring Salah on at half time if things aren't going well.
2: Big change that would be a statement, Dorian. I'm sure you've got something to say on that one. <laughs> no. <laughs> What have you done me, say? Not to say you know.
0: I've said he's playing. No, you don't. I
2: But, um, I mean, to be fair, there's a case for it, but certainly, isn't there? I mean, Salah hasn't exactly been firing at the moment. But
0: Apart from when he set up the goal last week, yeah. if he just
2: And then he scored, the goal,
0: yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> and when he scored against Wolves at Anfield.
0: Yeah.
2: Harvey Elliott scored in the last game against and they would be harsh to drop in. And yeah. But you know, the play them yet.
0: both. You put Elliott yeah. on the left like I've done. Come on.
2: <laughs> well, anyway, we'll leave the team selector there. I'm sure people in the comments will have plenty to say on that one. Well, let's finish off then. With our predictions, minimum words there. Dolly, how do you think this one's going to go? The third of four Liverpool against Wolves matches
0: this season. Well, I'm fed up watching rubbish games, so I am going to say Liverpool are going to win four two because I am. It's going to happen at some point. Four two to Liverpool. Theo, so,
3: yeah. uh, I still think they're rubbish, so one all.
2: <laughs> Beth, are you going to give us an exciting prediction, much like the team to as well?
1: gonna go one nil. Salah to come off the bench because he's so vital. <laughs> <up. laughs>
2: <laughs> Salah to come off and get the win. Method, I like, method, in, the lot. method yeah. in the madness. Method in the
1: madness. He did
3: it against. Was it Palace? You know when they won seven nil. Didn't he come on and score like two uh-huh. Did up? He <laughs> yeah. Ray yeah.
1: Like
2: Ray ranger, Rangers as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's, I mean, maybe there's a case for him coming off the bench. I mean, impact in inside track there.
1: Yeah. See, I'm so, not. Um, I'm not insane. There is a method to my madness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Someone dropped Pep Linders an email with that, and whether he listens to the pod, no, I'm sure he doesn't. Well, that just about oh, wraps
1: oh, up. Hang
0: on, yeah, he
2: does. He always listens to
0: our podcast. It's <laughs> going to be wants. Yeah.
2: is that your bag as well, Dolly, that we can see in the background?
0: That is actually that. was funny enough, I'd forgotten that I'd put that up there because I was doing the Hoover the other day, so it was on the floor for ages. That's from Thailand. That was, hard. yeah, that's from Thailand. It's in English, but it's, it's all full oh, yeah. of Thai stuff. When i was. This in is Thailand. yeah.
2: Well, that's an exciting way to end the pod, as ever will wrap it up there. A huge thank you to everyone watching and listening along. I hope you're enjoying the pod. At the moment, there's plenty more content available as we bring you a podcast every day, so make sure you subscribe to Blood Red wherever you get your podcasts from, as well as regular content on our Blood Red YouTube channel and social media accounts. You can access loads of content, such as own Potts press conference and much more. But for now, from myself, Patrick Smith, Ian Doyle, Theo Squires and Beth Lindup, thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you next time on the Blood Red Podcast.
1: You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.